With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Views and opinions expressed by hosts, invited speakers, and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. Another edition of Race Treaty uh, on Black Talk Radio Network. Uh, this week, we don't have a guest. Uh, we're going to open the lines for call in, but there's a lot of uh, issues going on in the legal and social uh, realm in terms of white supremacy and racism. And so we hope to cover a few of these issues on this uh, eve of the uh, 4th of July. Uh, celebration and uh, maybe even cover some of the implications of uh, our own folks as well who participate in these uh, these celebrations that are actually celebrations of their own oppression um, the social dynamic of cognitive dissidence um, and internalized inferiority or post-traumatic slave disorders in full effect uh, I'd also uh, like to speak on this week in Charleston and speak on the fact that signs and symbols are for the conscious mind. And uh, as we uh, focus on this rebel flag, um, something really stood out to me that was stated uh, by Obama and disappeared uh, because as well as building institutions, I'm also, uh, I like to lend analysis to dismantling institutions as well. Uh, Obama called for the KKK membership to be revealed uh, to the public and to the government's uh, listing. I thought that uh, there would be a change.org petition of the following day. In fact, considering uh, to... Uh, launching it myself from anti-racism media uh, due to the fact that there is a direct connection with previous uh, terrorist behaviors on the part of this organization, period. There's no freedom of speech, First Amendment, or anything else that can be uh, used as a uh, camouflage to the fact. On a legal basis, this should have happened some time ago. Uh, I assume the federal government might keep tabs and a surveillance means of these uh, these uh, fringe groups, uh, terrorists, white terrorist groups. But uh, I thought that was uh, significant on the part of uh, 
the contradictory uh, statement of grace um, because that's in a way accepting uh, things uh, the way they are. And uh, that's one of the things I wanted to discuss. Uh, another was the implication of this implicit bias that we know exists, the subconscious racism, internalized superiority that exists. Uh, now they're bringing it into the legal realm, the Supreme Court decision as applies to uh, housing. Uh, but really, I'm curious to know if this isn't uh, another uh, camouflage. You know, I see these things uh, as a movement towards a human rights lens uh, concerning the implicit bias element. But uh, in legal terms, the United States has already has signed on to an international treaty, which is supreme law of the land, uh, concerning CERD, the race treaty, as well as CAT, uh, uh, the uh, convention uh, against torture which also has a recent legal precedent, I might add, uh, in Chicago moving towards the human rights lens, where the city council in Chicago made a decision, a legal decision, to use the human rights framework for violations of torture on the part of their police department. And beyond the award, it, what's significant is the precedent is set in utilizing international law and applying it in a local setting. I thought that very, very significant. As well as significant in the, of the fact that uh, 700 plus cities uh, have the potential to be controlled in their city council setting um, by people of color. And that power to enact uh, based on a model similar to Jackson, Mississippi, Jackson Uprising, as the first human rights city of recent era, uh, to incorporate human rights uh, lens. And I really, uh, in the past, have refrained from engaging in the argument concerning the United Nations, because the United Nations really... Um, is a contradiction as well, but it's manned by a leadership uh, representative of various interests uh, around the world. I don't see the African American, our black leadership, uh, exercising um, our will or agendas in the United Nations. Um, recently, this is the development that's going on in international law. Recently, uh, there's been a movement on corporations to now begin to sue uh, organizations and governments for violation of contracts. In fact, uh, there's an attempt to set up an international court whereby corporations uh, can sue governments for violation of contracts. Uh, in the meantime, uh, in referencing human rights, there's going to be the first session uh, with the human rights uh, uh, and corporations, whereas corporations in their personhood are attempting to exercise human rights. In fact, there's a movement in the human rights movement to declare to lend uh, chimpanzees 
human rights. And yet, for all the violations that are going on between killings by the police, by uh, right-wing or uh, uh, racist uh, individuals, uh, those are just the manifestations of a system gone wrong, started wrong, as we uh, are on the eve of, the, of uh, celebrating the, uh, the 4th of July. Uh, um, and really, that is really just a celebration of uh, white males uh, for the establishment of white supremacy in this country. Um, I don't participate. In fact, uh, I want to speak kind of to a vision that I have in referencing uh, how we are moving forward. Uh, you know, there's a, uh, a movement to organize uh, further with Black Lives Matter to taking it to the next level, and that's at uh, www.staywoke.org, where they're actually doing an intake and a profile across the country of what you can do to add to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, on that note, I would like to see the sisters from the Black Lives Matter movement connect with the sisters from uh, I Don't Know More movement. In fact, those uh, two elements were missing at the uh, Occupy National Gathering, which basically suffered a, um, a demise in, in interest uh, just based on uh, the Occupy movement being on the wrong. I was engaged in the, uh, the protests of that uh, gathering, be it that I uh, had no uh, people of color or First Nation involved in their planning group. That's a whole other story. Um, I'm going to open up the lines this evening. This, this would be a first. Uh, for anyone that's interested in calling in and posing questions, I see we have one caller uh, that's already left. I see, Scotty. Uh, Scotty, what is your take vis-a-vis uh, uh, -vis this uh, upcoming uh, protest in South Carolina with the KKK with a plan to allegedly burn a cross? Um, uh, there's also uh, word out that uh, Black Panther will have a presence there, as well as I'm sure a lot of uh, uh, people of interest to confront that manifestation in its last hurrah uh, uh, to uh, maintain this uh, icon to uh, white supremacy. Well, my take on it is I'm going to stay focused on the racist white supremacists, and my take on it is they just letting you know what that flag really represents. People want to say it represents the Confederacy and, and the heritage and all this and that. Well, we know that, you know, people who have done the research know that that is not the battle flag of the Confederacy. That is the battle flag of the Northern Virginia Army com commanded by uh, General uh, Lee. Well, what's the name? Robert E. Lee. All right. right. And then right after the Civil War was over, uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest, the uh, creator, the founder of the terrorist organization known as the Ku Klux Klan, then adopted that flag. And so all throughout the 1800s after the Civil War, all uh, through the early 1900s, 
uh, all the way up into the 1960s and, and, and 70s when down here in the South where the Klan had, you know, very active due paying membership and, and they were marching and stuff back then, you know, uh, that flag was highly visible. So for anybody to, to, that just shows you that these are terrorists rallying to that flag and what that flag uh, means to them in terms of the new black panther party going down there to confront them i really don't have a whole lot to say about that um you know um i ain't never got i'm not against people confronting racist terrorists so um you know i, I don't know if what they're planning is going to be constructive or not but at least somebody is going to be in their face you know, so, you know, I, I, I really, other than till it happens, you know what I'm saying? We could speculate right. on everything. Right. Right. You made some, some real, uh, poignant points, uh, about that flag and the history. Uh, but the point also is in connecting the dots, it is in part representative of the KKK. Now let's connect the next dot. KKK has been directly connected not only with violent uh, acts against individuals, but also against church burnings. Okay? Yeah, all through the and, 80s and, and 90s, I believe. And, and so, so this is a legal precedent about a organization claiming nonprofit status or otherwise, but also uh, that list uh, because Big Brother NSA is supposed to be able to do that anyway quite right. frankly uh, uh, and, and reveal the fact that there is a network of military and police and government agents and persons functioning within the government that are part uh, distant or one degree or whatever degree separated from involvement and membership in this ideology and organization. The fact that it has had a legal, uh, 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 has been found guilty on numerous occasions, not only in civil, but uh, individuals in criminal court as well, that is justification as an automatic. Get that list. Put their ass on front street. Well, well, this is my thoughts. You brought up, and I talked about this on my program, Brother Robin, is I'm not falling for the smoke screen that the president is trying to pull here. This, we're talking about a terrorist organization. Okay. We ain't talking about no nonprofit 501c3, but that just goes to show you then to me, if the government gave them nonprofit status, if they indeed have 501c3 status, if they have just have a state, you know, uh, like the Black Talk Media Project, and they just are incorporated within the states that they are. That is state-sponsored terrorism right there. We know this is what they do. We know, uh, again, you know, anybody knows the history of the Klan uh, will, right. will, should, if they're being truthful and honest, this is a terrorist organization that uses violence, that kills people to push a political agenda, a political agenda of white supremacy. And so if, if this is a terrorist organization, the president has the, the, not that I support this legislation, but they have it nonetheless. They have the Patriot Act. They have the National Defense Authorization Act that allows them to, to indefinitely detain terrorists 
We see Guantanamo Bay is, is full of people that they've snatched up off the street and, and talking about giving them military tribunals, even though the majority of them are probably just innocents and people who are, have been set up. So for you to sit up there and say, oh, we need some legislation to reveal the donors, the donors. That's what I heard it was about, revealing the financial donors of their membership or whoever's giving money to them. To me, okay, if I send money, if I tried to wire through Western Union, let's just say $100 to the Muslim Brotherhood or to the Palestinians to, you know, whatever whatever organization is providing relief to the victims of Israel's latest offensive, then I would be charged with with with, you know, providing material support to terrorism. So don't fall for the smoke screen. This is a terrorist organization. This is why the FBI won't call it terrorism. This is why the president won't call it terrorism because then they had to treat treat these people just like they treating Muslims across this country. Well, you know, on that note, there's also a recent move legally from Israel to be able to sue uh, organizations, institutions, and otherwise that are part of the boycott or divestment of them economically. So they're they're making moves behind the scenes also in the legal realm, you know. I think uh, personally this whole implicit bias thing, what is known need not be spoken. And the fact that, you know, they're trying to uh, uh, calculate it in the, the, the framework of civil rights and housing is really a smokescreen because they're supposed to be adhering to those guidelines on the international law basis, which they have signed and ratified as well. I'm still, you know, uh, amazed at the fact that really uh, what you spoke of, a lot of people really just don't know the history. I live in a city uh, uh, recently in Asheville, North Carolina, where in the middle of the, uh, the downtown area in this idealistic tourist uh, uh, destination is a big phallic, uh, you know, icon to uh, Vance, and they write local articles saying about Vance being that monument being a uh, monument to tolerance, and they deny the fact until I dug it up and did a JPEG on it of the fact that he's one of the founding members of the KKK after his governorship uh, here in North Carolina. And so we're in the hub of a, of, of a, a denial uh, on, on the implications of white supremacy because, you know, uh, again, you know, symbolic things, have their, they do have their importance. I'm not fixated on the flag, uh, nor even on the KKK, because there is many fringe, you know, leading all the way up to the Tea Party, that carry those same sentiments that are organized and functioning institutionally too in this society. Yeah, so, the white white so, citizens council. There's so many, man. You got all kind of moose lodges and and whatever VFW posts. Those are a hub. If you if you ask me, they they threaten me here in North Carolina. The v, the North Carolina one of the VFWs left. Um, uh, racist and threatening messages on my voicemail and and I was able to capture the um, the telephone number and that's how I found out that it was a VFW lodge and, and I called back but they wouldn't answer and one time somebody picked up but they wouldn't say anything 
Man, listen, this is how they operate. This is how they operate here in Western North Carolina. You have a Billy Graham uh, uh, refuge called the Cove, the training center, big exclusive uh, 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 setting, about 3,000 yards from uh, uh, VRQ, which is the Veterans Restoration Quarters, which receives $2,300 a month per uh, uh, homeless vet. So they go out and they, they get homeless vets from other states and elsewhere. To, to In the meantime, this is a VFW post where you have these uh, really uh, what to me are blatant rednecks uh, and coming out of the so-called homeless state into this program. And then you have the clerks and some of the staff that make frequent trips to the target uh uh, arranged weekly from the same location. In the meantime, you know, they're getting, like I said, $2,300 a month from the, from the Veterans uh, uh, Administration to house these folks. They get the food from the garbage from Ingo's uh, through Billy Graham's uh, uh, philanthropic uh, ABCCM. So this is how they operate here. In the meantime, they've got a VFW post in the middle of this, okay, all right, you got good old boys running to the firing range, you know. Uh, I had a recent brother that I uh, really kind of assisted in leaving that location. He's ex-law ex enforcement, and they were pushing his buttons every day trying to provoke him. Uh, and, you know, their racism is subtle, and you have to read the signs. But what I learned from that experience was the lesson of internalized inferiority, because I've never seen so many step-and-fetched brothers in my life. But that's a whole other story. But the, the VFW, they, 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 we're expecting uh, them to, you know, uh, reveal themselves through these various organizations. As we said, it ain't just the KKK. We don't want to get fixated on that. So a lot of other organizations are on the fringe as well, political and otherwise. Right, right. But again, <clears throat> excuse me, like the brother uh, that was on New Abolitionist Radio, John Sims, who's doing a 13 state and holding this um, demonstration, burning the Confederate flag. And like he said, though, it's not it's not just about the flag, even though that may be the focal point, but you use that to branch off into the other stuff. And like he said, if you, if you are unwilling to deal with the racist symbols on the surface, then, you know, how are you going to tell me that you're going to be able to deal with the racist issues under the surface? So this is about mass mobilization and we hope that these other related things will also come out of this, you know, and this is a time to be recruiting. This is a time to recruit those young people who are mobilizing against that flag to then get into, teach them and get them into fighting against the, the uh, other issues as well. That's the way I see it. Well, I think that's actually going on and you're right. Like signs and symbols for the conscious mind and sometimes signs symbols are what, uh, uh, Initiates a consciousness and, and, and a movement, and uh, I'm I'm uh, really encouraged of the movement, the groundswell with uh, Black Lives Matter showing up, and uh, uh, I'm not really political and I'm not religious in in my push uh, from my lens. It's a human rights lens, it's a legalistic lens. The racism, white supremacy is illegal. It's the foundation of this country, so through their own words, it's through their own deeds, 
but I also believe that our uh, that our liberation is tied with identifying as a nation, uh, so that we will have voice in the international arena. This is why I say uh, I don't know more. They already know that the indigenous status lends a path to the United Nations with economic base and allocations uh, that come with that. But we haven't identified ourselves. And it's so ironic uh, that you brought up uh, this past week, Scotty, the issue of the flag, our red, black, and green flag. We all know that's our flag, but we've never gone official because we, it would be premature to, uh, to us announcing once and for all that we're a nation within a nation, indigenous to this hemisphere by our own uh, 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 history, mm-hmm. and uh, demanding a voice because there's apparatus being set up. There's so many folks doing such good work. Uh, uh, Idram, uh, uh, with the uh, uh, consultancy status of the human, uh, uh, the human rights, uh, 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 network uh, inside uh, the UN. Uh, there's this almost like everybody's waiting. Uh, mm-hmm. We're seeing manifestations, as I said, that torture issue, uh, the language uh, that the Supreme Court is starting to use in referencing disparate outcomes. And if we really redirect our focus to that, that one point of international law is already there. So right. why isn't there a human rights push? This would be my hope uh, that uh, Black Lives Matter will see that all of our endeavors are under the umbrella of human rights, in my opinion. Well, but now, we, 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 Brother Robin, we dealing with some young people, man. You know, I, man, I, I don't want to sound, I'm not going to tear anybody down or be derogatory towards towards these but i'm saying okay for example i see somebody on facebook talk about these black feminist gay women started black lives matter and i'm saying to myself they ain't start nothing they came up with a hashtag people have been mobilizing against racism and white supremacy before i was born Certainly before those young no people were born. It. No doubt about it. So, I mean, that's, that's the useful, uh, you know, they have that need uh, to identify. You can't, uh, nobody started that movement. That movement's been going on for generations, as you said. And that label is is only existing because we support it with our causes. And it's a right. common cause for racial justice. But I don't know if there are, like somebody said on Facebook, like these two women or three women, like they run the movement, like they started the movement and they running everything. And, and no, these are not to say anything about bad about those women, but those are young people. They are not experienced. They are not taking their trips to Palestine. They're getting they're getting consulted. They don't represent the whole, right. uh, but they're getting schooled, and 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 I, I have hope for them. But uh, again, what you're pointing to is something that's been the fallacy of our, our any other movement, and that is that we're trying to seek leaders. To me, the whole groundswell of mass uh, uh, critical mass is based on leaderless and decentralized. And if right. there's an umbrella that we can identify or some commonality with, I think we should all fold our efforts with it, you know. Uh, uh, you know, because to be honest about it, I used to watch Facebook. There'd be a new, I mean, I don't know how many 
really uh, a poignant, profound group names that come up on Facebook. You feel like I want to join them all. But, you know, the truth of the matter is everybody wants to be a leader and there's no collective, which lends uh, also a spotlight on civil rights. What I can say about the young folks is they rejecting the BS. Right. They ain't buying into the Al Sharpton. Right. They ain't buying into the Rainbow thing. Right. And they understand. So, so you know, from a from a grassroots up, from bottom up, I don't mind seeing whoever stick a claim because I saw that happen with and wear out also with Occupy. You had individuals who became personalities right. based on claiming uh, a showboating off of Occupy. I knew some of the folks that camped out there. I lived with them, quite frankly. I lived with 38 anarchists in, uh, uh, on 10th Street, 13 Thames, where it all started. Now, I don't even speak to it. I watched these folks go and state their claims. I watched, you know, the whole uh, Occupy gathering, rejecting First Nations, set to invite them in to do powwow dances and ceremonial peace treaty signing for their entertainment, and I hit the ceiling on that. I still feel, though, that for, for our liberation, it should be tied with the indigenous folks of this country and their plight. I, I, well, I, I kind of embody that. I kind of embody that with my indigenous heritage as well as my African heritage. No I'm, I, I'm one of the few descendants of the Cherokee in North Carolina because they pushed them all out. It, the ones they didn't murder. And I mean, it's only by the grace of the creator that my specific family has been able to hang on to some of that land. You know? You actually very blessed, uh, Scotty, because I'm up here in North Carolina in the mountains on the genealogy search of my family tree, stemming right after slavery, where we had 300 acres that was hoodwinked out of one of the family members by white folks. I went out there. There's still a log cabin up where my great-great-grandmother was born. And so uh, I understand that whole uh, the Cherokee element, too, in the Indian, but as well uh, the white. So... You know, the indigenous folks, there needs to be a bridge with, with their efforts, not only with, uh, uh, the environmental, mm-hmm. but, but with the women, the aboriginal women that are disappearing, uh, uh, the same yeah. as there's 54,000 black women missing in this country and nobody's talking about it. Yeah, we, our know? brother, uh, Ross Nokashore is up there in Canada and he does great work with the First Nation people too, cause he's indigenous heritage and African heritage and he, he was one of the Black Panther Cubs when, um, he lived here in the United States, but he often, you know, um, talk, speaks about, you know, the plight of the indigenous up there, the First Nation people of Canada who actually, uh, brought water down to the people of Detroit. Exact, and went to the United Nations on their behalf as human rights violations going on inside that city. Mm hmm, mm hmm. Well, we- so that's a, yeah, that, I, I remember that going down, you know. Um, you know, again, though, man, I, I, the people, uh, we have to move towards uh, recognizing, first of all, the civil rights uh, uh, framework, legal framework, is not really yielding uh, the, uh, the, the, the goals of equality. Racism cannot render justice. And so I'm looking at the last arena that we just haven't uh, manned 
All right, Scotty. I think we're going to take a break and then continue this conversation for the last half of race treaty. One moment. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. All right. Welcome back to Race Treaty. You know, I post every day. I keep real close tabs on uh, the issue of racism and white supremacy. And I do that minus the focus on politics or religion because human rights is something we're born with. It's not something defined by man or through civil rights legislation. It's not something given to us. We're born with it. And so under that umbrella, I try to respect and forbear others that are under that same umbrella Umbrella as victims of white supremacy. Uh, we're still looking for the civil rights framework, uh, uh, which is understandable. That's, you know, what brought us through the 60s. But I still feel the echo uh, not only of uh, Frederick Douglass in his speech concerning the 4th of July or uh, Paul Robeson uh, before the United Nations or Hubert Harrison, who, by the way, was the first order of the black Socrates that uh, Marcus Garvey followed. And if we really want to delve into history, because I'm looking at uh, uh, the formation of white supremacy from this 4th of July patriot perspective, if you really want to look back on history and dig deep, you'll find Paul Cuffey. Paul Cuffey, I do believe, was connected to Vesey. Paul Cuffey had a shipyard, only black shipyard, hired and utilized only black labor and crewmen. Was the first actual colonist of Sierra Leone, the black man, uh, went from Haiti all up and down the coast went to Liverpool, organizing with Freeman there, went to Sierra Leone, as I said, and when he came back and developed his riches, the government tried to tax him, tried to take his money. He said, hey, hey, hold up. You uh, you don't even consider me a citizen, much barely a Freeman. How are you going to you know, tax me under the same legal framework afforded white men mm-hmm. in this uh this colony. He wrote letters to the government. I believe to Lincoln, in fact. So, you know, he's one of the first tax uh, protesters. Uh, uh, the government's response, in part, was the IRS framework of trying to impose tax. But then they used the loophole that he was smart enough in some respects to sidestep in advance, which was he helped his brethren, his family folks start businesses, and he died pretty much broke. The reason being, the U.S. government would have taken 
the money that he uh, died with because they wouldn't allow his family or heirs to have his money by law. Mm-mm-mm. That's a man that needs to uh, to really be looked upon too. Uh, uh, stay under the uh, and then and then at the end of the day he 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 found a shield in this Christian uh, organization called Quakers. Actually built one of the first Quaker houses there in Cape Cod out of his own money. Had to sit on the back bench, and then when he died, they buried him by the by the steps, back steps, without a marker where he is today. This is Paul Cuffey, y'all. So you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, freedom fighters out here, and a lot of the stories uh, that have yet to be revealed uh, and really looked upon by by ourselves and identifying ourselves. You know. Beside this country, uh, before everybody was wiped out, is just as dark as you and me, Scotty, if not darker. And so we know, you know, that uh, there's been this controlling of the narrative in history, uh, and uh, white supremacy is really, really something that uh, they're grappling with in the face of globalization because, quite frankly, corporations don't give a damn anymore. Uh, they want money and they want global control of governments and they've got a system already modeled and an infrastructure in place and I still feel that our only outlet is the United Nations uh, if there's uh, 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 to bring the United States into accordance with international law because there is a sly movement going on for corporations to function with human rights within the international courts and so uh, I, we can't enter in until we identify as a nation, as a nation within a nation, as, as a identifiable peoples coming from a common experience. And I think uh, Dr. Randall really laid some groundwork to that in her shadow report to United Nations concerning Deus, the descendants of African-American slavery. And so... Um, Scotty, you got anything to add? I, you know, I'm not really used to, to doing the talking. I'm obviously, uh, looking forward to uh, uh, future guests that have committed. In fact, I want to speak to the fact that next week I'll have as a guest Mike McKeestrain, who is a brother that I worked with on the Fight Racism Now Global uh, efforts uh, for the 21st of March, which is a U.N., uh, convention for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. I represented in the U.S. at the U.N. Him from Sweden, who had uh, had some very deep-rooted racism issues, and uh, they've been organizing uh, throughout Europe uh, for the decade uh, of those of African descent. And they are also uh, prepared to embrace uh, a push for CERD and the analysis of white supremacy because the law kind of rings hollow without a framework of of really what systemic racism is and how it operates. And as uh, one of my mentors, Ron Chisholm, says, if you can uh, uh, create or build, uh, you can dismantle uh, racism as well, at least in the systems and structures that uh, um, that mm-hmm. we're dealing with and live under in this country. Well, one of the things I wanted to correct, uh, something, uh, that RBG, uh, protest for the July 4th, that Minister Paul Scott, another North Carolina brother out of Durham, he is the one who proposed that weeks ago. 
And um, so when I found out about it, you know, I wanted to lend my support because I understand the power of propaganda. I understand the meaning of the flag. I understand the need for black folks to unify, not because we hate anyone else, but because we love ourselves and to promote self-love instead of self-hatred and to also promote, you know, uh, um, networking together and building things together like our ancestors did in the face of racist terrorism in this country. That's the only way they were able to survive. And, and so I just wanted to say that, but I do also would like for you to to discuss you know uniting as a nation under that flag because we are oppressed people and so under international law don't we have certain rights this is my point uh, that Dr. Ansari has been working on uh, Kofi left a loophole on how to access as a self-identified self-determination this is why Aram is so important uh, uh because they so they deal specifically with international law and self determination in the path to get there. They represent the cashiers, the Dalits, the indigenous, Bariqua, the Gula Geechee. So that's significant. That's really is significant. And that there is a path for us to get a voice at, at the international arena. But you know, we are so fragmented even in our own identity. You know, that it's a, it's a sad circumstance that we're still functioning, you know, uh, with the issue of mental health, you know, overcoming the, uh, the centuries and, and decades of, uh, the internalized inferiority and oppression. And the, also the miseducation, which is an important, uh, uh, fact also. Uh, as relates to the South Carolina, I want to add to that, uh, it's also important that we, uh, support the brethren that are there also and to let them know that the nation's eyes are watching and that we're prepared to go there to lend support by our presence. If nothing else, that is very much symbolic. You're talking about the brothers uh, with the MBPP? Yes. Okay. I wasn't sure who um, you were talking um, about. Everybody's got an agenda to be there. Mm-hmm. If they're there under these circumstances and re- to resurrect and to 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 invoke uh, white supremacy and the symbols of it during a period of mourning, during a period uh, uh, relating it to uh, the, the, the 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 this month of patriotic celebration, uh, you know, for all their arguments that the media is lending attention to um, heritage versus ideology versus anything. I don't really understand why the specific violations of law by this organization against black and African Americans, churches and otherwise, personal property, intimidation techniques and other, all annotated, all of record, is enough in and of itself to go into legislative mode, period. And Obama alluded to it just by saying, if you open up the membership, the roaches will scatter. But we ain't even jumped on that bandwagon. And if you allow, you know, those kind of words, instead of to hold him to accountability and, and invoke, you know, some energy behind it, we allow it to, to linger with the media and the legislation 
it's not going to it's not going to do anything. No, and it's not I even going to get passed. I mean, do you really think the Republicans in the Senate and that control the House of Representatives is going well, to advance some legislation like that and put it on his desk for him well, to sign in the law? Let's, let's get a let's get a petition, Scotty. Uh, to, to, to echo his words and just. Well, I have a thing. petition. I have a petition up already. And my petition says to restaff the terrorists, the white terrorists, right wing extremism, analytical, whatever you want to call it, unit that under the Obama administration eviscerated in 2010. Now, well, that's the first thing you, that's the first thing you do. Like I, I mean, I, 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 you know, I just don't fall. I'm not falling for it, brother Robin. Look, that's gonna be unconstitutional anyway. So, I mean, that's Man, uh, you, you know. To be honest about it, to be honest about it, it's all a smoke screen because yes. you got the governor of South Carolina saying trying to hold a session to talk about it, not to enact law. People didn't get her words to talk about it. These are international so terrorists. That's, that's damage control right there to let this kind of weigh over and, and let it kind of, you know, weather out. And this is why it's important, like on the 18th, that when they trying to resurrect, you know, their, their ideology of, 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 of what they call it, tradition, uh, 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 heritage. If your heritage is white supremacy, we need to be there to confront it. Period. I mean, this is the way I feel. That legislation will also just cause more white folks to rally around them because then they'll be talking about, oh, this is a violation of the Constitution and all this and that, and I'm against the law, the Libertarians, the Alex Joneses, and, and all of that. The, my thing right. is, is why isn't this group designated as a terrorist group and then taken apart just like they try to go after Al-Qaeda or somebody else? So let's stop playing. Well, you too, Scotty. In all fairness, you have the Democrats calling for a uh, uh, a hearing. What do they call it? A hate crime or uh, no? They they using the right language. The Democrats are asking the Republicans who control. You know, all the committees and everything in the House of Representatives and the Democrats are saying that they want to have hearings on on race based terrorism, racist terrorism. They ain't not saying anti-government terrorism. They're not saying, you know, any other kind of they're saying racist terrorism. So that's a start. But I would I would I would suggest to you that they weren't using that language until I put that petition up. That over a hundred people have signed. Well, I have to tell you too. Uh, uh, in a way, that's kind of bringing you into the maze, also, because they haven't defined what racism is, and so they're not using a white supremacist analysis on, on on what racism is. They're talking about race prejudice as manifested by behaviors. I wonder if they're talking about systems. I wonder if they're talking about institutions. No, they're just I focusing on, on violent terrorism. terrorism. They're focusing on violent terrorism. The ones that's running up in churches, shooting people down and burning down these churches. And I say that's a start, but I don't rely on the U.S. government to solve our problems. We should be solving our own problems. But I do understand the value of propaganda and making demands on on the government. So, but they no, I want them to keep a narrow focus on this terrorist organization. I want them to go after them like they go after the new Black Panther Party. I want them to go after them like they go after after 
so-called ICL supporters here in the United States. It's time to stop allowing them to stop playing these games with us. This is a terrorist organization. What do you do to terrorists? You kill terrorists or you lock them up. Yeah, but you got this issue. You got this issue. This government is a terrorist. There you go. That's true. That's true. For all this conversation, Scotty, I'm echoing in my mind why. The simple question is, why doesn't the United States then adhere to the international treaty it signed on racism? And if it did, it would wipe out all this conversation because it's right there. Right. It's already signed and acknowledged. But we don't want to hold the United States accountable to their own law. And right. It's supposed to be a country based on law. So I really have a hard time giving credibility to the whole legal structure here. Right. And these folks don't even adhere to treaties. Not only my race treaty that, that affects me, but also affects the indigenous part of my DNA, too, going back, you know, I mean, they're history of treaty violation is a whole nother uh, uh, case study. Right. You know, blatant pathological lies, fabrications by policy, you know, part of the white supremacist, and the language that comes with it is really right out there concerning white supremacy. And yet we, we still, you know, run around inside this box of the U.S. when we need to have ass in international courts on the international stage. And why? Because I think our leadership would have more effect and would also gather the global movement for those under this 10-year decade or that are suffering the same exact issues, policies, and oppression everywhere. See, that that, that, that hearing that the Democrats proposing, I mean, again, I don't have any faith in the U.S. government to do what's right to practice justice because they are the number one sponsors of terrorism around the world. But I believe that the Democrats is pushing for this hearing and maybe the Republicans might cave in because then that, you know, you're being looked at internationally. You're in Yemen. You're in Pakistan. You're in various countries in Africa, so-called fighting the war on terrorism. But now you're being put on front street and how you treat these white terrorists here in it. So it's undermining the whole war on terrorism thing. And also like their human rights, 25 human rights violations right. in the U.S. In the U.S. this September, Obama has to choke up some kind of national plan to deal with racism. So racism is going to ride all the way into this ele- next election campaign. We don't see the, the outward manifestations of society. Uh, we have the analytical tools at our disposal to understand and decode uh, the media and their focus. Meanwhile, you know... Uh, uh, we also have the metadata tools that are starting to develop and concerning police uh, brutality. Now, you know, we I know that you're focused on the 13th Amendment, that, uh, and I'm familiar with that. I've been familiar with that. Uh, 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 and, and my issue is that applies also to the 14th Amendment as well uh, in the fact that they use the 13th Amendment uh, to basically create a free or, or minimum wage, minimum existence labor force. No, call to, it what it is, uh, brother Robin. By the state to 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 uh, uh, bolster uh, 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 corporations. It's not and minimum wage. It's it's not minimum started. wage. It's not minimum wage. It's slave wages. It was slavery. It was slavery. Yes, it's slavery. 
I'm speaking basically uh, the uh, the price that they were sold from the law, the law, uh, uh, the legal judicial apparatus, prison system to private industry. Mm-hmm. Now you know, and so that's what built you know the, these uh, the, the the corporations uh, in the South. You know, that whole manufacturing industry base was based on the continuation of it. This is why I used to argue with Occupy. You focus on corporations, but you need to tie it into the racial justice history that it is. You know, and the fact that, you know, basically uh, uh, it's, it's a product of sorcery. You know, when you're giving a non-living entity the rights of humans, and now they actually have the, the financial network to control governments as well as set up legal systems on the international courts to sue governments and countries. And so, and so, so we need to get to them international courts before we saw us fall subject to this whole new world order globalization process that's underway. You know, uh, uh, I, again, you know, I don't really lend much to politics, but you know, this legal process interests me because it's a time laden process that has a lot of whoop de doo at first and then disappears and becomes silent or overburdened with BS on people's special interests or, you know, uh, so that it's all about undermining at the end of the day, and that's that's been proven in civil rights legislation going up to today. So I don't understand, Scotty, why doesn't the U.S. government adhere to international law that is signed treaty to that is also attached to human rights? Because it undermines it undermines racism and white supremacy. That's why. My man, my man. There it is. And with that, you know, uh, at the end of the day, there's a lot of good work going on. Uh, and, and here's another thing in terms of social engineering. This whole issue of racial discord is also a plan, a social engineering plan pushing on this race war uh, issue. While, oh, you have to really kind of look at what legislation, what are they up to while they got all this uh, going on in the public's eye in the media? Because there's a lot of other activities going on during these uh, media splashes uh, that do a lot of undermining from security to surveillance to uh, TPP, you know, that's enabling them with uh, uh, power. Uh, uh, that we're not even aware or, or can grasp uh, understanding of. I mean, they've got international treaties, or, or speaking of treaties, the TPP, that's secret, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, which, by uh, the way, the he... platform than, than than what we've got so far. We have yet to even capture our own media. Right. That we own. I, I give props to Univision and Telemundo. We don't even, we say BET, and that's controlled by white folks. I mean, so right. we don't even have uh, uh, our own uh, communications apparatus in place. You know, so my whole hope is out of this human rights that, uh, 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 excuse me, that Black Lives Matter, that a human rights lens will uh, come into an understanding and that we'll figure out a way to get to the international arena and start capturing international hey, deadlines. One, one thing about that TPP, you know, did you notice how, um, he, they, uh, President Obama and others in Congress, uh, removed that anti-slavery clause that was in there? Did you know that? That's not really being talked about. They had an anti-slavery clause in that TPP, and he had it removed because you got uh, Asian countries like Indonesia who are are practicing slavery. 
And and a lot it's of these countries are now as it was during the times of the trans life. And it's just under a lot of guises. Uh, and, and just like organ, uh, uh, industry that's going on, uh, it, that you can tie to all these deaths from Palestine to black women missing in this country and Aboriginal miss, women missing. I tie it all together. But tie it back to the 13th Amendment as well. Here, it's slavery here in America. See, you signing a treaty that has an yeah, anti-slavery clause in it. You're right, you're right, Scotty, but I have to say, when they said three-fifths human, uh, I, I don't even read no further. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. You know, this ain't my document. You know, this ain't. I, but I, in the I legal framework that. that you talk about, though, that's what I'm I, talking about. I though. understand that. I, yeah. I was being somewhat facetious in the fact that, you know, this, uh, as we enter into the 4th of July, this place wasn't made for us. And the fact is, they threw the man who started the whole thing, uh, Christmas Addicts, under the bus, too. Yep. He had to be resurrected for, for, you know, and whatever he stood for was thrown under the bus as well. You know, they use them talking about symbols. Right. Well, Scotty, you know, I, I really, you know, was hesitant to try to do this alone. I appreciate you uh, joining me in this conversation, man, and uh, got some things out, some views out, and uh, we have it in posterity for uh, record. That's Thank what I'm for here for, me. brother. That's what I'm here for. All right, brother. Peace out. Race treaty. Family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.